Welcome to Ready Comics Roll, where each week we discuss a topic that involves either gaming, comics, tabletop, or all the other geeky things that we all love. So if you enjoy what you're listening to, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Out of sight, into mind. I'm Anthony. I don't need to have a perfect plan. My foe just has to have an imperfect one. I'm Carlos. No matter where you find them, goblins love rocks. I'm Mike. And with us today, we have two very special guests. First, your pleas for death shall go unheard. My name is Tim. Yes, and I am Balog, the trumpet of Horus, calling upon all. So I recently saw the trailer for War of the Spark. It was probably one of the best videos that I have ever seen, let alone using a song that is by far the best choice that they've ever made. Made by something, uh, like just the fact that I can't even describe it right now is just should tell you exactly what I'm trying to it say. It was the 2000 anthem. Well, exactly. let me just put it this way Carlos just had me watch it before this cast began, and I got goosebumps. I yeah, really it, did. It's it was good, man. No, um, they definitely went all out, I'd have to say, with this trailer. I mean, before, for anybody who's watched a lot of the previous trailers for different sets, it was more of a motion comic based uh, trailer. It really was, it, it was, it was okay, but. This evoked so much emotion, and for anybody who isn't even familiar with Magic the Gathering, it trended. It was number one on YouTube for, I want to say, either a day or a day and a half, and it had already millions of views within just hours of being posted, and it got people talking about Magic more than probably they ever mm-hmm. have before. And it's not even on Cybertron this time. Or <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Honestly, like, the, the visual of everything going in reverse, the, the cover of the Linkin Park song playing, which, phenomenal cover, first of all. Like, I've yes. heard that cover before. I think it was used in another video prior. Um, I don't know if it was a Magic the Gathering or what it was attached to, but I think I've heard that specific um, female vocalist do a cover of that song before. But flows so well together. Mm-hmm. And then just the, like, the look of destruction kind of, going back in time and it's showing, you know, the these sentinels of the spark essentially is what they are. Um, like what their destruction has wrought and where they're coming from and all that stuff. It's a very cool trailer, I'll give you that. You get to see Gideon getting his ass whooped in reverse. Then getting his ass whooped going forward. Yeah. Uh, poor Gideon. I mean, the, the, the trailer alone just, it, it brought back so many things. And even, like you were saying, this trailer really points out how much, I guess you would say money, effort, everything, like artistry work, CGI, everything they put into it. The The fact is that the people who watched this video, if you went through the comic section, they were like, when is this game coming out? <laughs> yeah, what game is this? Is game. this on PS4? Shut up and take my money. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Pretty a much. whole number of them were just people who were like, uh, what is magic? Yeah. And if they had done this previously, it might have been... Might have, have caught on a lot more popular with a but lot of other... the thing is now with War of the Spark, this is like their this is a turning end game. Point. It's yeah, this end is game. where you and we, you and I have had a kind of a <clears throat> speculation discussion about War of the Spark before we got this trailer. And it's funny just how right we were about so many different yeah. things. I actually yeah. felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we unintentionally leaked things and didn't even realize. Yeah. I'm going to exile your plane walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was the one thing that we said. We, we, we joked, and that's truly what this is. This is Magic the Gathering's equivalent of the Avengers Endgame. This is basically for for all the chips. This is this is serious business because somebody snapped and now half the planeswalkers are gone. Yeah. Pretty much, <laughs> Nico Bala showed up. He uh, he he. For one thing, he he tore 
um, the planes asunder, right? because he usually when you planes walk, there's usually like gates or other ways you can kind of traverse. There's a certain way of going about it naturally. Nicobolus just said, "Fuck that." He basically just opened, uh, rendered reality, like just like <clears throat> broke it open, just popped in, just like I'm here, bitches. It's time for me to rule. Yep. As he's trying to be- become a god, because he, he's never ever reached that point. He's got, gotten close on numerous occasions, but this is now <clears throat> his time. To the point where you have the Gatewatch, which is basically the equivalent of the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> Magic the Gathering universe. I, 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 I've got to say this. It's it's strange to me to be thinking of this now that, like, we've had the, the, the few, like, PC, PlayStation, and, like, uh, app phone game releases, Magic Gathering 2014, 15, 16, 17, blah, 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 blah. Now we have Magic <clears> Gathering <throat> Arena. All of these have a cohesive storyline, and there is, like, a lore... To a card game yeah. <laughs> that it has grown exponentially since its inception. Like, I remember back in beta when it was literally just, ooh, there's pretty art on this card, and I'm going to play it now. Which, yeah, which has always been Magic's huge thing, and also some controversy to that as well we'll probably discuss later on. But a big draw to Magic the Gathering is exactly just that. The, the art is always breathtaking. They have so many different talented artists that kind of paint a story with every card, whether it be something, you know, serious or humorous or anything else like that. Yeah. To, to your point, though, even as far as Magic the Gathering Arena, it, what's great is because for the people that may not like traditional card games playing art, you have that ability to kind of learn how to play it. That's a great tutorial system. <clears throat> you don't even have to buy any cards. If you have the patience... In Magic, at least with Magic yeah, Gathering Arena, <laughs> you can gr- yeah, exactly. You can go ahead and grind to get uh, which I've done. Gold. I dropped the dime in that game, and I have like I think almost two sets completed. Yeah, cool. you can you can make a a fully functional deck, zero dollar like no issue, and it be a competitive deck, and it only requires a like moderate time investment get through getting through like the the tutorial, which gets you a bunch of dust and a bunch of stuff to to manufacture new cards. And then you get open packs as you play through gems, know, but yeah. yeah, gems, whatever, <clears throat> dust, <Wild> gems. <laughs> Dude, there's so Cur- many of these currency. digital. There's so Cur- many of these digital resources. card games. I can't keep up any credits. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Where's so, that fry meme from? <laughs> yeah, but that's the point. Is you don't have to spend that. Like Carlos and I. Well, actually, no. I can no longer have that title because I caved. I spent the. F- I usually don't like to spend money on microtransactions. I hate <laughs> spending real money on fake money. But I ended up for, for 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 five bucks. They had a all really the good Bitcoin deal. miners are like <laughs> <laughs> fake money. <laughs> what do you call fake money? Sort of. But uh, <laughs> shit. But they, it was a pretty good deal. I think you. I got like I want to say like six to twelve packs and two thousand five hundred gems, which is the equivalent of twelve packs of cards. And I just wanted to save it for War of the Spark, but I was a weak man, and I was really trying to get yeah. more for like my guild gates and just other uh, decks that I was building. So I burned through those already. Yeah, I, I had uh, again. I had I kind of had the benefit of riding in from beta um, and getting bonus gems or whatever. Oh yeah, they they threw that stuff at you just to get you to go yeah. ahead and play to begin with. And there's actually ways still. There's a lot of codes, and maybe we'll, I guess we'll probably have to do a video of that, you know, Carlos and I. So yeah, um, right now they they've implemented been implementing the codes for the booster packs, and like I'm doing the pre-release for War of the Spark, and when you do it, uh, the booster pack comes with uh, three free packs. They give you a code on it. So if you do the pre-release, it comes with a code. Well, just to help anybody who's <laughs> listening, uh, or even to you guys if you haven't used it yet, uh, Play Ravnica is one of the codes that gets yeah. you uh, three, four, 
was what was the first set? The first um, set was well, it's I'm trying um, to remember. It Ravna, was, was Ra- Ravnica, uh, Ravnica Legions, and then it, the second was Re- Return to Ravnica. Ravnica. So, yeah. but then there's also uh, Play Allegiance, which also gets you three packs of Allegiance. Yeah. So there's six packs for anybody listening, free right there. Yeah. So the new the the current set, uh, I've been looking at the spoilers since the very very beginning of the spoilers, and the the last ones that came out the last ten days are insane power creep is real which is funny because that's something we just you know mike uh, you and i discussed in one of our earlier episodes we were talking about just power creep in a lot of games imagine mm-hmm. the gathering i think is one of the one of the worst offenders i i remember i remember the biggest argument that ever happened was they released i think it was third or fourth iteration of magic gathering and this is back when people were still playing with beta cards and the early early sets and they came out with a one mana two two, and everybody was up in arms, like, "What the shit is this?" <laughs> yeah, because for anybody not familiar with the game, typically something only cost one mana. It, it, it would be like a one one, usually with no kind of abilities or anything like that. So to be able to pay, pay one mana and get a two two right off the bat, it's kind of just like it's a little. Uh, it was it was outrageous <laughs> at the time, but I mean, ludicrously. That's the thing. Like now, it's just they, commonplace, and usually it'll come with haste or some other yeah. stuff. <laughs> life steal. Boom right off the bat. Funny enough, like, and I know we talk about we, we we've talked about power creep before, but I have to say this: Magic the Gathering has had some of the best kind of back and forth yeah. with their power creep. Like they always find a way to remanage it when it starts to get a little out of hand. Like I remember at one point there was a two mana three two that allowed you to generate a mana mm-hmm. and. I mean, this was before, like, Lenoir Elves. This was, you know, probably... This was before Kamigawa. I, I don't even remember what set this was. This was, like, old, old, old news. But it was baseline, 2-3. generates a, a blue or a red mana. I can't remember which one. But it was literally just, hey, this is cool. <clears throat> and they immediately did something with, that ne- with the next set that was like, hey, here's a 3-2... To kind of help you get rid of that now 2-3 that's generating mana. No, I, I agree because uh, the, if you look at a lot of different sets... It might have been sets, Legends or uh, Ice Age. That I happened. think it was Ice Age. Yeah, but typically you're right. So what will happen is you'll have one set that will be stupidly powerful, but then they'll correct themselves with the following sets. Like, oh yeah, all that stuff's great. Yeah, so explain War of the Spark. Because War of the Spark is like... Well, Dominaria was like the... You know, we, we wanted to give back to the community. War of the Sparks, like, we're taking it all back. Who's going to piss everybody off? Because, you know, the way Planeswalkers typically work now is is they're effectively enchantments. Yep. On top of having their loyalty abilities. Yep. So they, they're both one and the same now. Yeah, but talking about the, the one drops, the, the newest one drop that I like is going to be good for basically any aggro deck. Is a, It's a one for one Death Touch and Lifelink. Mm-hmm. What yeah. color is this? Black. Oh, Black. It's a one for one, death touch, lifelink. And is it part of any? Specific, Actually, I like, believe it's death touch and haste. Or like, what is this kind of lifelink no, and haste? I'm sorry. It's no, a, that's a one, for War of the Spark. It's a oh. one one, lifelink and haste. Oh, the Banehound. Oh. That's right. I remember. Okay. Yeah. All oh, kinds of things have come out 
from the time. Like, Shock was originally, like, Fuck a... Shock, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One mana, what, three damage? Two. Uh, one, it's two. a one for two, so and then you're... Lightning Strike is a two for three. Yeah. It doesn't, like... But then you also have Lightning Bolt, which is a, is a one for three. But the one for three, I believe that one it's was... Creature, if I think, right? Uh, that one was either... Yeah, that one was uh, Creature as to where Lightning uh, Whatever Strike... Whatever happened to my Lava yeah, Axe? Was creature three. That... Exactly. You lava Axe. Lava Axe. Lava Axe. Lava Everybody, everybody's lost at least one game to a hasted red deck. Just instant lava axes to the face. Since constantly. we want to talk about red spells, we can also talk about fireball <laughs> or the more modern iteration, like you're saying, scorch. Scorch. Yeah, scorch. Yeah. Or like we've uh, Carlos and I mentioned in the nastier, meaner version of that one, which is now expansion explosion. Yep. Which now not only can you go ahead and pull basically a fireball, but you also mill at the same time. Or if you just need to get yourself some cards, be able to save your own ass. That well, way. Well, uh, what was it? It was uh, volcanic expansion. I think is what it was called. It was a it was a red card that was you pay two red mana and then X colorless, and then the the boost to it is one. It destroys an, a land. And then it does X damage to the opponent's face. Like, all right, I'm just going to delete your mana. What was the cost for that? It was two red mana and then X, and uh, X colorless. And then, yeah. Still, that's not bad. So two, it was two X mana to the, destroy a land. Even two mana to destroy yeah. land and then X to the and face. And then the rest is just bonus at that point. Yeah. Well, now, now with certain, with the spectacle that came out from the previous set, it's like, especially like Scare the Critics, which if anybody plays into Jarena, you've been hit in the face mm. for like 10 damage in like one turn, which that happens quite often. Ew. It's really now, bad. Now do red and blue and do the, the volcanic explosion with like double cast. Yeah, <laughs> double cast, yeah. And what, I think uh, volcanic eruption, which is the one of Dominary, gives you two mana on just second uh, read on the second turn. So first turn, destroy it, does three damage to a creature. Second one, gives you two mana. And then the third one is uh, destroy your land, deal three damage to up to two creatures, I think. And um, if we haven't lost you at this point, <laughs> for anybody who's just not familiar with the Magic the Gathering, it's it's a card game that's been around, I want to say over even 30 years. It's, been, it's because like Magic, roughly 35. Because that's what's crazy. Like, kind of to touch on what you said earlier, Mike, this, this storyline, because it is so deep in lore, this storyline is 30 years in the making. That's what's yeah. crazy about it. That's just how much writing they've done. This is how much they paid attention to their own continuity and kept it that tight to basically pull so this off. I was going to say, uh, the, or- the original Gen 1 was 98 but it was in beta for like six years, so and they don't they never disclose that. Like if you look on Wikipedia, you're only gonna ever see that the game was released in nineteen ninety eight. If you you can like try to dig, like there were beta cards. You have to go to the dark web to find out. You have to like go to the dark web to find like, oh there are dark there were there were beta cards that were printed in nineteen ninety one. Yep. Oh, okay. But, pop um, up screen on your thing, like, what are you deep, digging too deep? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I was like, okay, I think it was ninety. It was either ninety four or ninety eight. It was I. I want to say it had to have come out before I had turned ten, like fully released, because I started playing Magic Gathering when I was ten, and I had like beta alpha. So you started young and Gen one cards. Yeah. Oh yeah. And curiosity. Did anyone else even start that young? No, no. not really. Yeah. I started. I you started with seventh yeah, edition. Seventh edition. Yeah. Okay, wow. So I was like, yeah, I did thirteen. Mine was a little later than that. And the funny thing is, the way I got into it is, you know, the old video shops. It wasn't even. I don't even want to. It wasn't Blockbuster. It's one of those other ones that also sells like other miscellaneous crap. They. I want to say it was like a Hollywood video or a knockoff of Hollywood video. Well, 
But they had Christ Hollywood Video. That's right. That shit exists. Oh my but god! They, they actually, they my s- heart stopped for two seconds. I was like, <laughs> oh they, my god! They sold Magic the Gathering packs, and I remember my dad was buying a few, just like, oh, curious about it. He's like, here, just go ahead and open these. I'll take a look at it. And that was my introduction into Magic the Gathering. But even then, like my brother and I just didn't understand the game, so we had nobody to teach us. So we're seeing all the like we're seeing mana, we're seeing creatures, seeing spells. It's like we don't know the fuck this, uh, how this works. We're just gonna play how we want to. And we just kind of made our own yeah. game out of it. Well, and then he tried to actually scary. play with somebody. Like, no, what the hell are you doing? Slightly scarier <laughs> than the, the video stores that are gone now. There used to be top deck brick and mortar stores. Oh yeah. man! Like the, and yeah. one one used to be around forever. It used to be right around the corner from my house here. And it was there for like ever. It just said baseball card shop for the longest time, but it was actually owned by the guys that ran uh, Top Deck or Upper Deck or whatever it was at the time. Jesus. And it was just a brick and mortar store and you could go and you would buy baseball cards and Magic the Gathering cards. And oh my God. <laughs> like it, it used to be like you would go in and you'd see like the display case and there's all the baseball cards that are like in hard, in hard case. And it, that, like, I remember going in there like five, six, seven years old and that, that being the only thing in there. By the time I got to eight, like eight, nine, ten, the entire store was just littered in Magic the Gathering foil cards yeah. and just all kinds of crazy. Cause there was, there was a sur- uh, surge in popularity, but I mean, that bye was bye still... Hank Aaron, here's a lava axe that happens to be shiny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because there there was a surge in popularity, but like most geeky things way back when, it, it was only popular amongst these smaller circles. It wasn't as popular like now mainstream yeah. Yeah. as it is. Yeah, I think the internet. And mainly. it's oh yeah, absolutely. Mythic, during Mythic during invitational. Yeah, during the the, the, the like mid ninety early to mid nineties phase where it started to gain like it gained real big traction, especially in in you know the. The geek crowds, I want to yeah. say. Well, the but, biggest know. one would have been a 2010's World Championship. That was the biggest thing that ever came about. From well, it. And that's the thing. Like I remember... Like, Actually, no. Correct. Uh, the Alpha and Beta tournament was the biggest one. Because I saw that video. That was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Every single card had uh, Black Lotuses. Every single deck Everybody had, deck, yep. had Black Damn. Lotuses. Literally. Every single one. If you were hey, running one, hey, you were retarded yo, at like, that point. Turn, turn one literally drops like four enchantments for free. No matter. <laughs> oh, you mean back in the days when there was actually mana burn? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that was the thing. Black Black Lotus used to be it used to be a like a bane to even play at certain points because you had to worry about mana burn. Like, you also had to worry about your pocketbook because how much that thing was worth. <laughs> I like that. I like now that. it's going for like what six thousand dollars, maybe not well, even. No, it, on it, honestly, it does not sell for nearly as much as it used to yeah. because there have been reprints. Yeah. You can see, you can see only people, one, and it was a championship reprint. Yeah. It was only for championship, which is one. why it's still in the thousands. Well, can, you yeah. see it, you see it on listed on like eBay for anywhere between a grand to fifteen thousand dollars, but they never sell like money that none of us are really good. Like, yes. yeah. like listen, I like, I like. Magic. I've played it for a long time, but, but you know, back because in, you know, you have the Mox uh, cards now, yeah, or the, the Opals. The, yeah. yeah, I mean, I Power of the Nine too. Yeah, that was the other one. When I was like thirteen, fourteen, I sold an entire binder of Magic the Gathering cards for around seven hundred fifty dollars. And I mean, that's money. That's like that's some walking money when you're fifteen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you fool. <laughs> but that binder had a Black Lotus in it. Oof. Sad face. Yeah, slightly sad yeah. face. But the thing is, is back then it was that even that card alone was only going for like five hundred bucks. But that was also way back then when you could still find copies of it when they were 
doing productions of it because they, they were did still doing both production. alpha and beta of yeah. it. So, but I mean, right now is probably the best time for anybody who's interested in getting a new card game. I know like you have other games out there, of course. You have like Hearthstone, which is probably I would say I haven't really played it, but I've watched you play it. I've watched people play it online. It's a little bit more accessible. It's a little bit easier to learn. Played it Magic the Gathering, but Magic the Gathering is definitely I think we can all agree is laid the foundation for a lot of different TCGs. Oh, yeah. To this yeah. day. That's why it's nice to see them come out with Arena because it's really not that difficult to pick out. And the beauty of it is it's a combination of luck and skill. Because yeah. you can go ahead and have all these great cards, but if you are mana screwed, if you're not pulling what you need to be able to cast these spells, because that's typically the way it works. You didn't you, believe in it, the harder cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't just play cards. Each card kind of has a cost that you see, like in the top right hand corner. There's ways of circumventing it, but you have to have the lands out, which that's where luck comes into play. And I can, who, how many times can you guys count where you've basically been mana screwed? Uh, one mana. The or, one mana you need. Or you end up getting way too much mana. I'm, I'm always, the, I'm always the mana flooded. Yeah, like, that's yeah. always been my issue as I was always mana flooded. And that actually led to me running one of my favorite decks of all time. I ran a five color deck that literally mm. the cheapest cost of any of the normal like things that are going to actually do damage to you was in the like six to eight category. Jesus. I ran nothing but two cost walls in that deck, and like uh, no, that it was, explains it. It was yeah. four. Co- it was four copies of the two Stalling different the shit out of the game. Yeah, it was two. It was two copy or four <clears throat> copies of the two different uh, artifact walls that both cost like two or three mana. And, let me guess and they were colorless, so it didn't matter if I got mana screwed on one end or another. Yeah. I could still play them. And they flew too, didn't they? No, they didn't. Oh. I had one that had Giant's Reach, though. Oh, okay. So I had one that could block fly. The, the three mana one could block fly. It was like the Kobe at the, the walls. <laughs> Kobe! <laughs> so back to the whole World of Spark thing that came about. Um, the, the last couple cards I've been looking at, the last, like, I think this is like, what, day 12 of the um, spoilers... <laughs> um, but one of the cards that I saw that I, I was like, I didn't expect it. I, I'm sure it's part of the lore, but it's actually one of the, uh, what you would call the lore cards. So since Dominaria, whenever a set comes out now, there will be certain cards that on the bottom will tell you if it's a uh, part of a story Yeah, and it'll say story one of one, one of two, one of three. So this one, there's three cards. Um, one of them. So this is going to be a spoiler. So, uh, so, so shut it off now or come back a, or, a or skip, skip a couple skip minutes. ahead skip um, three minutes. So anyone who doesn't know, Niv Mizzet is one of the, one of the leaders of one of the guilds. Um, he has been at war with the other guilds since, you know, uh, Ravnica. He did, he did. 35 years ago. Wait, how far uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in this current set, he has died. Hmm. But these three cards kind of point out what he is going to be doing and actually could <laughs> kind of give you a bit of a foresight of how Bolas will be defeated. So the first part is Firemind Vessel. It's a four artifact. Uh, comes in tapped and add two mana of any different color. Uh, and the actual flavor text says, The city mourns niv death, but he left behind the components for his rebirth. So the other thing we were talking about in the last video was how uh, Bolas essentially needs all of the sparks to become okay. God. So with the Eternal Sun being the centerpiece for everything, extracting the sparks and making all the Planeswalkers mortal is key. But here's the thing. Given that in the next two cards I'm going to read are going to basically kind of point out that these sparks, once they're removed, can be placed in anyone. 
Yeah. Mm. So we were gonna we're definitely gonna see potentially in the future new planeswalkers. Well, we're already getting two new planeswalkers, right? But so the next card it says Jace Triumph. The idea is you just draw cards and you draw three if you have Jace. But the flavor text says his triumph was not an un, uh, his triumph was not in outsmarting Bolas's plan, but in understanding why ultimate power is self defeating. Now. That plays into the newest card that I really liked, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. It's called Niv-Mizzet's Reborn. It's a five color, it's a six six, and it is one of the spotlight cards for this new set. So assuming that, obviously, Niv-Mizzet is dead and he has been reborn, um, in this image, which I'm going to let everybody see, he has all five or I should say all, yeah, he has all five colors. So what is it to say that instead of the sparks going into Bolas, they go into Niv-Mizzet, and Niv-Mizzet is the one that ends up ultimately defeating Bolas? It's a good theory. So you think it's basically going to be like, they're going to do spirit bombs, like, everybody yes. lend me your spark, and they all raise their <clears> hands, <throat> and it all goes into him. And yep. Got it. What's well, anime in, style? Yeah, yeah. Well, in this, it's got it's got to end in dwagon versus dwagon. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> here's the other part: they haven't even showed off Ugin. No, they haven't. Oh, they, a lot of people are really they're, they're waiting Ugin. for Ugin. You think it might just come out at the very, very end? Well, that's the thing is um, with what? the lure behind Bolas is that Bolas is one of two brothers uh, who we sent Ugin being the other one. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of them being both good, literally the yin and yang of good and evil. So Ugin and him been, nearly killing uh, Bolas nearly killing him is what awakened his spark. Yep, and vice versa. Yeah. Same thing. Because uh-huh. they fought. They fought over the fact that Ugin was like, "No, we should we should take care of these guys. Look at him. He's pink. He's he's, he's squishy. And, <laughs> he's and, so weak and squishy." Yeah, and Bolas is like, "Well, he's squishy. I guess I have to squish him. Squish him." <laughs> you can't have a picnic with all these ants. Yep. <laughs> now the reason why I'm thinking this is just simply because of the fact that we were talking about the whole Avengers, and now yeah. with this. With this uh, trailer that just came out. I'm like, the holy crap, were we right so about this Avengers shit? We were. So, we were. and now the card that came out literally yesterday was the Visit Reborn. So it's like, it kind of fits into the transition. Okay, he dies, but they bring him back and all of the sparks are now in him instead of Bolas, which if you didn't know it too, Bolas also is in his, uh, not weakened state because Bolas actually technically has been killed once and revived and now he's in the state where he's Trying to get his powers back. My my boy Venster kind of fucked that up because there was the whole <laughs> yes. the whole time travel thing. They inadvertently <clears throat> helped his resurrection. Yep. in the past, which brought him back forth into the future. Mm-hmm. It gets there's some timey wimey shenanigans. It gets a little crazy, <laughs> yeah. like most things. That's do. actually where the time shift uh, set came out. Uh, the, this whole time shift paradigm thing. That's when time shift that block set came out. So then Ant Man's going to enter. Niz- <laughs> no, 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 no. It's going to be Gideon, all right. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of the things that I've thought of. That I'm thinking that Bolas is going to be like, okay, well, here's all the sparks. I'm going to ingest these and complete the dragon ritual and be, you know, your god. And Niv's like, Nani, and just takes it and just, and just takes it and becomes Shazam essentially. Yeah. <laughs> So that that's one of the things that I've I've seen that I think is what's going to happen. And that other card with Jay saying, you know, 
and it's the the truth is too is like someone seeking ultimate power eventually gets destroyed by that power. I mean, it's so, it's, a, it's a tale as old as time. Yeah, you know that's is the way it always works. Is you know the greed ultimately consumes because you end up just having way more power than you know even know what to do with. And uh, evil, and, uh, what is it? Uh, heroes can end up becoming villains, and villains end up end up becoming heroes. Like Liana, Liliana has been through oh my god hell in this entire lore. She has like the out of everybody, aside from let's see, she didn't she she had three demon packs. Was it three or it was is it four? four? It was four it demon was packs. Four demon packs. So not, she found, not counting Bola. She found a way to basically effectively kill every single one of them one by one. But what she didn't know is like the last one that she killed, it the contract originally belonged to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So when you kill that demon, it, it goes bolus. back to the original owner, which unfortunately was Nico Bolas. So that's why she's basically, she's basically under his, uh, rule. Mm-hmm. Because she, she, she was so smart. She gained all this power by basically pulling a John Constantine. Like, mm-hmm. alright, I sell my soul to you. I sell my soul to you. I sell my soul to you. Just sell my soul taking to you. up contracts that you could never you, pay off. Basically. Exactly. And then that way. Which, by the way, don't, no, no tax evasion. Don't yeah. Do <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work that, unfortunately doesn't work that way in real life. <laughs> but now you have all these different people holding this single contract to Liana that are now arguing amongst themselves. So she's busy with all this, all, like, almost limited <clears throat> power while they're busy fighting amongst themselves until she eventually ends up, like I said, killing them all off until she doesn't realize that Nico Bolas is the one that had the last one. She's like, well, shit. Yep. And that's essentially why now, uh, in the trailer, you see her just basically ushering in Standing destruction. Standing still and being like, oh, <laughs> well, this is going to happen now. <laughs> well, You're the- all doomed. I'm kind of sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but that was the beauty of it. Is that the, again when we're talking about like the emotional impact and the, just the, the fantastic storytelling by Wizards of the Coast and uh, Magic: The Gathering is you see this moment where she kind of just finds her humanity for the first time. She finds something that's more important. than She herself. finds her humanity. It's just buried yep. <laughs> with the zombies. Yeah, yeah. But then that's where we see that that pivotal moment where she's like, "Oh, you know what? Fuck you, boss." Yep. <laughs> Sends this. Army waves and waves and waves of not even just normal zombies. These are like the Amon Pet, like yeah. The, yeah the, These are technically mortal zombies. The paragon of zombies, yeah. and she just sends the horde towards him, and he's like, "Eyeless oh. ones, go!" <laughs> the other thing too is, I, I, one of the new, actually, one of the cards that came out the last couple of days was that their uh, Bolas brings not only the undead army, but also brings with the un- undead gods. Amonkhet gods, yeah, you yeah. mentioned that. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Again, like I said, you're talking 30 years of lore finally coming to a head <clears throat> with this set. And yeah. It's just, whoever saw this coming, other than obviously them. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least now and in this state, like, the, like I've been playing standard for like six months at this point, and it's ridiculous playing it. It's, it's fun, it's a pain in the wallet when you're trying to. I need this card, forty five dollars for that Ooh, one card. For that one card. So that brings up a very good point because that has always been a point of contention when it comes. Not when it comes to casual play. I, I think Baylog, you agree with me that casual play is probably more fun, more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't bring the competitiveness that so, tournaments and whatnot do. Yeah, you kind of have more it, fun it, making the deck, don't you? Oh, of course. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the problem with competitive, or at least what I've always had with competitive is those fun decks you can kind of come up with, especially some of those crazy ideas that are just like, this, this is the thought, and this is the deck that was created from it. It, it would never work, and then you play. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's like, the, within the first two yeah. turns, like, what you did was shit. And then the person will laugh at you because they're, at least from our experiences, or from my own personal experience, most people that play against you in Magic tournaments are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Especially mono red players. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly what it comes More down to. Or mono white life gain soldier decks, which are still prominent in modern for whatever reason. The, really? I, that's why I've never been a fan of the meta when it comes to the most competitive games. But Magic the Gathering is probably, in my opinion, one of, not the D, but one of the worst, if not the worst. Because if you try to do anything out of a specific template or a certain deck build, as far as ranked, tournament, whatever-wise... Uh, you're just not really going to go anywhere. It's uh, almost everybody runs the same kind of decks, and to me, that's just not very fun. And I could I could contest to that as playing. I think the second standard game I played, there was uh, I'm going to say probably about 18 players, uh, 14 of them running mono red. Yep. I was my running white black vampires, and I didn't do well because I mean, with the amount of shocks flying around and the combo pinging, I mean, what do you expect? Not to mention. The entire setups was nothing but mono red players. Like I literally sat there, turned to my left. The twelve people down the table had nothing but red cards. So it's like, I mean, like, like you were saying, like, I love spaghetti. <clears throat> There's shit on it. More, more <laughs> well, no, no, no. On this one, table. it's I love spaghetti, but that's a lot of red sauce. <laughs> like that's a little bit too much. You can't even see the damn noodles. Like, well, like put some parmesan cheese on there. <laughs> this, is, this is why, and that right there is one of the reasons why every single time I ever went to a Magic tournament, I always showed up with a white and blue deck. Because yeah, you know what red players hate? Counterspell. Yeah. You know what red players hate even more? Life Reflect. <laughs> yeah, that too. Or even though some of the most... <laughs> more damage in the game. Some of the modern decks, because we're talking about modern standard, would be like the Esper Control decks. Yeah. Definitely are like yeah. the bane of those mono aggro red. We're throwing a lot of terms and a lot of people are just like, what? <laughs> what? Like, what is mono? Mo- mono? Like, yeah. like, Sing- like Single like, color, like, single mana use. Because you can mix and match because you have the, the five different uh, mana and then of course you have colorless, which Tim and I favor, especially when it comes to like <laughs> artifact decks. They but, have uh, no, they have, they have no uh, imagination. That's why it's. Oh, you <laughs> shut up! All right, first off, my Eldrazi colorless deck is amazing, even though it's first of all, it's only amazing because I fixed it. Okay, let's <laughs> fixed go with it. that. You looked at it. You said, "I want to take all this shit out." Yeah, and, and you, like, I, dude, I was, kept half was, of it in. It was so funny. I was helping him make this deck, and I was like, "Okay, well, this is this will combo really well. The synergy's good." And the only thing Tim did the whole time was grab the cards that I didn't want to put in and just go. But I really like this card. <laughs> I'm like, it does nothing for this damn deck. Like, it, 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 it's like that one show. It's like anything that doesn't spark joy, throw it away. And then Tim's like, but this all sparks joy. Yeah, the entire 150 <laughs> cards that we're not using for this deck. But not including these nine spark cards. Yeah. Um, playing standard was, was, was very different. I, I feel like as somebody who played back, obviously all of us played a lot further back than most people. But just playing back when, just an example, uh, dating ourselves, obviously, uh, net decking. Uh, net decking is such a horrible thing for me. But, I mean, realistically, even now after playing standard so much, you kind of get used to it only because it allows you to make, make a, how do I say, you can look at somebody who's playing a deck, like an artifact deck or mono red, and you can go, well, I like this template. Let's see if this works. You see somebody who takes your template and just throws in a random card and it just changes everything. And that is the beauty of making decks is you can take a common card. That's a five cent card that nobody ever plays. And you can build around it to the point where you make that one common card your key card to everything. It is your win con. Nobody ever expected. And it is a shock. (laughs) (laughs) Which Mono Red does. So Uh, many shocks. But the, the beauty of it too is the fact that 
I've won two games in standard, got to second place out of 22 players. Now, mind you, I'm not competitive. All of you know this. I don't play competitively, and I don't like to do the whole net decking, net, net decking, but the beauty of it wasn't that. It was the beauty of the fact that I went into this tournament with a deck that another person made specifically for MTG Arena. That's number one. Number two was not part of the meta, and number three was jank is all hell and i walked in there took out everybody got to second place not once but twice and every person that i played looked at me and goes what the hell are you playing <laughs> and all i said was well it's not a meta deck if that's what you're asking yeah because wow. that's unfortunately when it comes to competitive that's what it happened and and you know and i have to say this as somebody who used to who like again early to mid 90s played competitive but it was one of those things like you you started to see the same things repeatedly. You saw the Black Lotus twenty eighteen uh, red mono red mirror match for one. There, but there was mirror there, match. There was a lot. Like there was a. I saw at one point. I saw two mono white decks that were nearly identical, except for one the white weenies. One war. One difference. Like a single warrior card that they just did that each deck didn't have. Like, the, yeah, well, I didn't happen to get one of those, so I'll run this warrior instead. Yeah, yeah. You know, I saw that happen not once, not twice, but three times. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the funny thing is, when I heard net decking, the first thing I thought was net decking was simply you just buy your cards online instead of buying booster packs. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with that? I'm broke. Sometimes I just want. Card. Yeah, it's like, why am I going to go ahead and and that's also a huge uh, debate that a lot of people have. It's like you're, you can't be a real fan unless you buy several packs. Well, fuck you. I don't have pocketbooks uh, full of money like you do. This is how I'm able to get the cards that I need. Like you can go ahead and now build decks online. Uh, not necessarily what would have to be meta and do it that way. I always thought that's what net decking was until somebody corrected me. Like, no, no, no. Net decking is when you go ahead and take established templates somebody's used either in tournaments or in competitive that is known to work and you either take it verbatim or, like you said, Carlos, kind of mix it up a little bit with maybe a card or two just yeah. to make it your own. Yeah, I still say that there's nothing wrong with going online and just buying the cards that you no, need the, versus buying I mean, the packs. My My preference is just to... Play jank decks. I like. I like <laughs> I'm basically like the drowsy of the Pokemon world. I'll just do confusion and pound. <laughs> like, because it's just funny. I, I swear that one of the guys that I played, he plays. Uh, he played standard. Uh, he played the. Uh, is it Drake's? That's like very, very heavily oh, played. Yeah. Oh. I know you guys probably know, but I jumped in there and I was playing my white and black control deck that the guy was doing for MTG, and I played it. Except I switched out some of the cards. And essentially what it was, was every time he would play a card, I would, um, I had a Priest of the Forgotten Gods and uh, Gutter Bones. And what she does, you tap her, you sack two creatures, it does it does two damage to the opponent, they sack a creature, and then mm. I gain two mana. All in one turn. So Gutter Bones, if you deal damage, you can play two mana to get them back into your hand from the graveyard. Mm. So I was just cycling that, and every time he put out a 16, he did... He did put out a sixteen sixteen crackling Jake because because it, it gets uh, power based on how much sorceries and spells you have in the graveyard. Yeah. And you but as soon as he did it, like, yeah, oh. and, it, and he put it out, and I just go okay, tap tap, sack it. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your sixteen? Um, that's why yeah. the one the, the playing Magic the Gathering Arena, like we were talking about. Um, the I, I guess I am kind of guilty <clears throat> of, of net decking because when you play again, it comes down to the meta when you try to do ranked, and you kind of want to do ranked because that's one of the. 
This is what you have to do to go ahead and get free. Because the guy who got like 40k, uh, whatever, gems. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you don't need none of that. Yeah, Mike, <laughs> we, we all can't get all those gems for free. We weren't all there from the very beginning. <clears throat> the grind, but, bro, the grind. <laughs> yeah, it, <clears throat> dude, my, 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 uh, what I refer to as a Tide of Creation deck, green, blue, <clears throat> it is literally just scry, cycle, counter spell, and then some big animal and beast creatures. Like, blue has all my flyers, green has all my, I'm just gonna, trample your ass and then it, it i have tons of like you know i get xx where x is the number of green permits i have at, in play currently or yeah, screw that but, but the thing is is it works and the thing is is it, it, in arena even even when i come across meta decks they don't know how to react to it because the thing is, is green blue for one has Rampant destruction on its side because it, it can outgrow almost any other deck. Yeah. Green just has that, like, oh, I'm just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's always been very what fast. green's about. That's and, part of the reason why. But the thing is, is blue gives it a weird edge where now you're, they're worried about, does he have a counter spell? Does he have double spell? Does he have, well, does he have the stupid, uh, what's it called? The creature that has flash and counter. Like, yeah, <laughs> or does he have the instant that instantly destroys a red permanent? But see, that's why you got to play it smart, and that's why one of the things you have to do, especially with MTG Arena, is you have to learn how to bait. Yeah. So like, like you go ahead and you throw out a shock to go ahead and be like, oh no, fuck it, shock, counter. Yeah. Okay, now lightning strike, asshole. And it's like, <laughs> shit, I shouldn't have countered that one because you have the other one. So again, it comes down to strategy and learning a little bit. But I got thoroughly fucking whomped by a Guildgate deck. And that's where, like I said, I'm a, a little bit guilty of net decking because I'm like, man, that was fucking awesome. That really worked. <laughs> like, that person had 56 health. I had, like, negative 27. <laughs> There's something to that deck. So I kind of just did a search because this would be at least the beauty of Magic the Gathering Arena is you can go ahead and search based off names, colors, so on. It's very helpful if somebody who's new or somebody who's a veteran on deck building and even just how to play the game – but I found like all these gates, all these things that really work really well with gates, and also threw in some nuggets. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but you have to throw this in it because that, that that alone has saved my ass. Because uh, anybody who knows or has fought against a guild gate deck, it is very slow to build. But man, once you get that thing going, it, it can be a beast. Right? And then mind wipe. Yeah. Well, no, because then the and then is, mind wipe. No, no. And then mind wipe. The weird thing is, is then you, that you have you have. Um, Oh, it's Burn the Gates? God, I forget the name of it, because it's still relatively... Yeah, it's... It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's Burn the Gates or something like that, but the beauty thing is, it's it's only one red, two colorless, and as many gates as you have in play is damage. how much damage it does. Yeah, it's a, it's a, so it's an it's easy, easy, yeah, exactly, easy sweep, and then the funny thing is, though, then if you have a, a Gate Crasher Ram, mm. it gets plus one, plus one for every gate you have in a play. So that, that Ram, <clears> and not only that, but it also gets... As long as you have two gates in play, it gets trample and vigilance. Yeah. So it's always going to be more powerful than your 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 burn. So yeah, it'll sweep everything else. But then you have that ram into play, and then you have again the gate if somebody wants to try and pull some other kind of shit out of their ass. But man, I would have to say the funniest match that I've had with that I, I told you guys was somebody was just put me in the corner. Like I was getting my ass handed to me. The only thing that was saving me was the fact that I kept on putting the Arcway Angels out to go ahead and do, for every gate, you gain two life. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing keeping me alive. They finally were able to uh, sa- uh, sack their Nico Bolas, the Legendary, into Planeswalker, got it up to the 11 counters, then used my mass manipulation to steal it from them, use it the one time to get a 13, and then the next turn use the ultimate 
But for anybody that doesn't know, Nico Bolas' ultimate for tw- minus 12 loyalty counters is that the person that you're going against, they exile their entire library except for the bottom card. So it's a, it's two turns you won. Easy. And imagine if you just had a mind wipe in that deck after oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to go on on that, I used to, uh, we used to come across, I forget what the name of the card was. Again, it was something, something Scepter. And Isheron Scepter. Isheron, was it Isheron Scepter? It was yeah. a artifact that you brought into play and then you, essentially you attached a spell to it. And that spell could be recast. Yeah, I got my ass beat with that. Yeah. Because they, they, they put Leyline on it. People put Leyline on it. Saw tons of people do Fog of War because, hey, I'm going to stop all combat damage. But then you find the guy that's running the blue and green deck that happens to attach Mind White to it. And now your entire deck library is gone. <laughs> you have seven cards. That's all you have for the rest of this game. That's definitely some of the, the, the janky shit that can be pulled. Yeah. yeah. But then, uh, even then, like, again, back to what Baylog and I were discussing about casual. Casual, to me, is still so much more fun because of the kind of the weird decks you can kind of come up with. Like mm-hmm. the Final Countdown. Final Countdown, the, you, Mike, you can appreciate this because you love walls, especially with that one deck. Mm-hmm. It is not- Build the wall. Build the wall. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, listen, I'm How allowed I, to say it. Yeah, I'm I'm allowed allowed to you say can't bring up the wall when Carlos is here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> I had to. It was just like no, as, soon as, as soon as I heard him say it, I knew you were going to say it. I was like, the next person that says it, I'm just going to say it. It's going to come out. Carlos is sick and tired of hearing about walls. God damn it. I was molded by it. Forced to live behind it. Which I didn't is, see the other side of the wall until I was man. man. But the funny thing is, is this entire, this casual base deck is hilarious because it was all spawned by Dark Steel Reactor. A single card, which when it comes into play at the beginning of your upkeep, you put one charge counter on it. Once you get to 20 counters, you win the game. Period. End of discussion. So I came up with the funny idea to call it the final countdown because that's the same And almost everything in it, it gives you, it has ivory mask, which makes you as the player hexproof. So you don't need to worry about any kind of mono red ping assholes trying to destroy me. (laughs) I'm the one who's holding, I'm literally holding a mono red deck. But this isn't a ping, this isn't a mono red ping deck really. Yeah. And you're, and you're running 24. 24, 24 lands mountains. on an aggro. I didn't realize that there were 24 land in this deck. I haven't looked at this deck in forever. Do what Carlos said, take four out. Yeah. I, dude, I took like 14 out. Love <laughs> axe. So it's, it's hilarious because it makes the, love co- the highest cost is five mana. That lava axe. Lava axe is five. <laughs> so you have you have the ivory mask to make yourself hexproof. Then there's other enchantments that make your creatures hexproof. They're all stupidly powerful walls. One of them is. Uh, it's a blue, it's not even a wall, it's a creature that negates combat damage, so you can use it to block, uh, and it's a is, flyer. Um, that is the, uh, it's a I, fog, uh, fog, fog bank, I believe it's what it's No, not the fog bank, I know about that one too, no, this is um, like a, it's a jellyfish, I actually think it's called something jellyfish. I really wish no, I could remember I, I, more think, I think I actually have that in my blue and green deck. Yeah, but the beauty of it is, is you have all these things to stop damage from coming to you, mm-hmm. but then you have all these other cards too that proliferate, which proliferate means just like you're adding more charge tokens More charge. so you don't have to wait t- 20 turns to win and it's it's, it's something that would never work in any kind of tournament but it's just a, a stupid fun deck to kind of pull well there used to be 
I have to be honest Sorry. with you. I'm sitting here with a, with a bunch of professionals right now. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 I'm the guy that, that does the magic in the garage, you know, with my friends. And, and it never came down. I, I, so you're I the still... one that draws the magic cards and makes the proxies. <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome, man. I would make my own magic cards. No. <laughs> I used to play like 10-10 upkeep cards, you know? Like, these are things that you don't see nowadays because they would be destroyed in this type of game. But that was what made it so much fun. You know, you you thought you brought out the biggest monster. He was a ten ten. No one had a ten ten trample back in twelve, thirteen years old. Yeah, because no one, none of the kids had the money to buy these black lotus cards and uh, well, just in general, anything because uh, a, a ten ten creature with the fire. <laughs> <laughs> why are you looking at me? <laughs> what is the indestructible fucking Eldrazi annihilator? Uh, yes, annihilator four five. Like all these new abilities that were. <laughs> I'm gonna attack you. <laughs> I'm going to attack you. It doesn't matter whether you block, but you're going to have to sacrifice four to five to ten permanents, including your lands. Fuck the Eldrazi. Listen, I fell in love with the Eldrazi because of all the tentacles. Not because of the power, but that's Right, okay. okay? (laughs) You've seen enough hentai to know where this is going. (laughs) Like, wow. (laughs) So... I have to say this, like, I remember the game before things like First Strike and Life Link and Haste, like, okay, Haste and Trample have almost always Yeah, I was gonna existed. say, they've kind of always been there from the beginning. There was, like, very, like, Scry wasn't really around yeah. in Alpha well, and Beta. Well, Scry, Scry was called something else. Um, but not search. during beta, not during beta, but yeah. yeah. It, was, it was, I think it was just called search. search. Yeah. Because it allowed you to, you, it, it didn't work the same way. It was, you, it, most of the time it was you always did search three. And it was, you looked at the top three cards, you pick one of them, that goes into your hand, the other two go either to your graveyard or the bottom of your library or something. I don't remember the exact directions of the... the, (laughs) Like, how does this work? It's only printed on, like, three cards, and uh, nobody nobody ever uses this. I used to love that. (laughs) What does haste mean? (laughs) Oh, it just means... It just means... It just just means you just... It hits you for free. I don't have to pay the bill. It's oh man, the the number of times that we used to have to talk about the order of the chain, yeah, like oh God, where things fall on the chain, the, the stack, the they stack, call it yeah. the chain of events. <laughs> so, like, I remember just arguing magic rules for like hours on end because we yeah. would we would get into. I swear that would be the same with almost every game. Well, it's not even that. It's like with magic, jitsu. though. It was jitsu it was broken. It, it got very weird because then there was also cards that basically, like last word, basically was uh, the one that uh, there, it ended the stack. You yeah. couldn't even go. Yeah. It was it, it countered and then the stack ended. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's the cards that basically screwed around with the stack, which only things made things even more frustrating, and confusing sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There was there was literally, and this was this was one of those like they. Printed it when they printed the the like the comedy cards because they did like unhinged, the, the, yes. the unhinged the, like the Etheric Squirrel or whatever it was called. Where chaos, when it, com- when it comes out, it has it has the one one with every single ability. Like it has yeah. first strike, haste, double strike. Uh, like it has literally it has every printed ability, also, but it's a one one. Yeah, there, there's another one on there where it's like you have to like uh, it's you play it or something something a bomb. You have to play it. Then you tear it and then you throw it in the air. Oh. Well, no, that's what I was about to say. And, 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 chaos confetti. So yeah, chaos, chaos confetti. confetti yeah. You play that. You that was the thing. They literally told you rip up the card. 
you throw the bits in the air, and whatever piece touches a card, that person has sacrificed that. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. But that, those were joke decks. Yeah. Those were mostly just for fun. Uh, some people would play it, but it was it was never ever allowed outside of casual. So fun play. I have to say this. So one of the biggest things for me with magic, and this comes mainly during high school, I had a bunch of friends who. I always used to try to bring into other games, whether it be D&D or get them to play Big Eyes Small Mouth or some other tabletop game or even play a card game. Magic the Gathering was my gateway drug. Like, I could literally get people... I would sit down with somebody else who knew how to play Magic, play one game of Magic in front of a group of other people, and they'd be like, what are you guys doing? Can we play? I want to try this. Okay, come here, sit down, play this with us. And I would I would get people involved in magic, and then gateway them into playing D anD D. There you go. <laughs> like, now that you know how to play magic, do you want to play a wizard? <laughs> let me be your gateway drug. Let, let me be let me be your let me be your dungeon master now. <laughs> I'm your gateway, and I'm your dungeon master. Ooh. Is that like a pimp? Yeah. <laughs> Trumpeter of horns. Trumpeter of horns. I, I, I have to say this is. The real beauty of magic, though, the way it's evolved from the one or two special abilities to oh my almost countless. So you know, like now, oh my god! You can literally type in MTG space, punch the keyboard, hit enter. <laughs> it's a fucking ability. Yeah, and, and, and it turned from what we used to get at like a blockbuster or whatever, you know, card game and to the fucking artwork. To, to is oh man, you see the artwork that come up and really remind at least me of things like. Star Wars uh, trailers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I have to say this. I remember back in the day when mountains literally just looked like somebody wrote an M on a, on a card and then just kind of tried to yeah. color in the M. They, they had, <laughs> what was it? It's, it's like tap and it actually said mountain instead of like it actually had the, the fire symbol. It was just mountain. <laughs> tap for mountain. So what was water? It literally said tap for island. Like it didn't have the symbol. The, the, mana, oh the mana were literally plains, island, mountain, wow. swamp, and that was it. There wasn't any green forest. 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 Yeah, forest. Yeah, that's literally what it said. Forest. Yeah. Tap for forest. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the card told me to. <laughs> what do you and literally the four. Oh my god! The original forest cards were freaking hideous. Like it was just like somebody tried to draw really bad pine trees. Really bad. Like. <laughs> horrible. I still have them. <laughs> or the worst magic card ever printed. Was the uh, Tibble? Grizzly? No. Uh, no. I said card, not planeswalker. Three times and he strikes again. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was Grizzly Bears, the yes. worst card ever made. Two mana, two did nothing. Did it absolutely was, nothing. It did nothing. But for whatever reason, two for two did nothing. But you know what? I made a Grizzly Bear deck just for everybody games because. When I started playing in 7th edition, that's where I saw a lot of the cards. Like now, when, when I look at 7th edition using you know, online websites, looking at all the different cards and set. Birchwood yep. Armor on a Grizzly Bear. Oh, <laughs> no, no. My 2-2 two, two just became a 7-7 seven, seven with Trample. <laughs> He's not worthless. You are. <laughs> I hate, yeah. hate that enchantment. It's so cheap to get out there, but it's so nasty, especially the longer the game gets. <laughs> Well, I mean, even even looking at everything we discussed, and we're talking about the evolution of magic, it's no longer even just standard magic that we're looking at as far as the game. You also have new game modes, like Arch Enemy came out. How many times oh have we God. played a casual game, Arch Enemy? Remember, we made, uh, I, I was 
took, I went and bought the worst of the worst, or the, and by worst I mean like what's really going to screw anybody who's not the arch enemy cards into this amalgamation of fuck offery. It's <laughs> the best way to explain it. And we used to play that game mode. And for anybody who doesn't know what Arc Enemy is, is you have one person who's designated as the Arc Enemy with, uh, I think about, what is it, 60 life? Uh, it's, it's 60 or 40. 30, 30, 30, and then I believe it's 60. It's yeah, but the main idea is you have one person facing off against three other characters, uh, three other players that are working together their best to try and defeat the person who's designated the Arc Enemy. But each turn, as in addition to the main phase, the Arch Enemy gets to play an Arch Enemy card which usually was super nasty and completely screwed over the players. Mm. Yeah, they were. And nice. it, was, it was, it was like, so we all remember being on the losing end of that, with the exception I mean, of our buddy Danny, who usually would win when he played with anybody else. Most of the time. But Carlos, Tim, and I just completely destroyed him. And we had no idea how we pulled it off, but it was just, the look on his face is just priceless. <laughs> so, um, I have to say this. Back, back in the, Again, I have to keep saying things because this is going to go on forever. Unless you're talking about Commander, I don't give a damn. No, no, no. <laughs> Commander, Commander came up much, much later. But I remember when their original, like, it was Two-Headed Ogre. That was the that was the original, like... Oh, yeah, I remember Two-Headed Ogre. Because yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. everybody would be like, hey, do you want to play, you so play two, a game? Two-Headed Ogre. And we get two people, two people. It's 2v2. It's 2v2. Thunder Dragon is what it is. Oh. That's essentially what it is. Yeah, it's, 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 it's 2v2 it, except for you share health. Yeah, and oh. you also should basically kind of share your. Right. You can base. share resources. You could share. You can't reach yeah. So two headed yeah. dragon is the one where you guys have your individual health, but you don't share resources. No, no. Is well, here's the thing. They're talking about oh. when it first released. Oh, At that this was point the in time, uh, twin uh, two headed, which is what it's two-headed. actually called, yeah. has its own rule set. Yeah. So that's back why you in, don't back in the day, there was a rule set that was literally yeah. invented yeah. by the player base. Yeah, yeah that was, was something that was casual that became just very well used to the point where magic kind of unofficially you, you, you have officially you have this arch enemy thing that you're talking about. We used to have a game that we a game mode that we called we we affectionately refer to as Dark Lord, where uh-huh. it was literally everybody has the same life count. We would play because we had a, time, a lot of times where we would have five people wanting to play magic, so we would play in a group of five players, and it was. One person, we would all draw straws, essentially. One person would get the long straw, and they would hide it from everybody else. And that person who had the long straw became the Dark Lord. And essentially, it was their job to then work against, get everybody else to work against each other to make sure that they, like, nobody knows who the Dark Lord you is. You didn't need anybody to be the Dark Lord. If, that was, that's just a free-for-all. Everybody's going to yeah, beat everybody each other's goes. ass anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Baylon's in there laughing because he knows. Yeah, He's like, you put five people in a room and they're not on the same a regular team. regular-ass game. <laughs> it's a regular, I'm going to attack him. Yo, he just attacked you. You better mess him up. <laughs> Yo, regular shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wash. <laughs> you going to let him do that to you? But it, I mean, you're thinking about flashbacks of you. Are we playing Commander? That's what Commander is right now. <laughs> well, but it was it was that thing of it, uh, resistance uh, is a tabletop game that kind of works that same way. It was like everybody's secretly either a spy or on uh, you know working for the resistance, mm. and this was kind of our game mode of doing that. And we would it, the, the idea was uh, the only way to really win is if the four players knocked out the Dark Lord. So the other players end up working against each other on on casual accident most of the time. Like the, it became a game of like I need to attrition until I have enough power to strike and take out four players at once if I'm playing the Dark Lord. Yeah. But that was the thing we invented game modes back then because 
We needed to. Now, magic invents them for us. Now they sell commander decks, for Christ's sake. Oh, you want to you wanna play an interesting game? Here's 60 cards and a Planeswalker. Play a commander deck. Evolution. What's next? Yeah. I don't know. War of the Spark, apparently. Yeah. Apparently all the planeswalkers are all the planeswalkers are enchantments. We're all gonna die. Exile your planeswalker, people. There you go. I mean, as much as we can really just go on and on about magic, and I know a lot of us would, especially reminiscing at some of the old matches that we used to play, I think that's pretty much gonna roll us out for this evening. I wanna thank you, Baylog and Tim, for joining us. And this won't be the last time you're gonna see Magic the Gathering related content, either you know, as a podcast or even just on our channel. Like I mentioned before, Carlos and I recently kind of did our speculation, which seems almost more like us being prophets <laughs> in regards to War of the Spark. You can always find deck builds that we put up there. Uh, currently, we have the Mere Madness Legacy deck build. I'm currently in the process of editing a pretty cool, like, uh, lie. What was, it? what was it, the name that you actually gave it? The random name I chose for it is called Sanity Lies. Sanity Lies. But it's it's a it's a nifty. Is it a little... blue deck? <laughs> he choked. almost choked on it. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a blue uh, blue black control. Ah, I love that. But uh, yeah, so I'm in the middle of editing that, and that's going to be posted up soon. And then following that, of course, is going to be Dead Rising. So again, lots of deck tech, lots of discussion when it comes to matches of the gathering that you can go ahead and find on our YouTube channel. And there's stuff you're going to see us kind of cover on social media as well. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're listening to us on one of our many different podcast providers, whether it be Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or even Spotify, you can check out our YouTube channels. We have a lot of great content on there as well. As proud members of the But Why Though podcast community, you can check out our latest episodes on their site, along with other great podcasts and content. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all the other social media listed down below. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitch for random live streams throughout the week. Head on over to our Discord channel where you can talk to the Ray Comics Roll crew and other rollers about Magic Gathering and other TCGs. And if you'd like to help our poor selves afford some more Magic cards, head on over to our Patreon page where you can become a supporter today.